January 2024. Happy New Year! Caboose Ministries End of Year Report for 2023. Dear friends and family, this week will mark the completion of 38 years of full-time ministry and 24 years less a month of living by faith itinerant ministry as an Elam Fellowship home missionary slash global worker. Once again, as in previous years, 2023 encompassed traveling several miles to minister in various states, which included Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Maryland, and New York. I ministered approximately 62 times, traveling 3,485 miles to do so. This doesn't include traveling several more miles for non-preaching ministry-related events. Venues of ministry included Sunday morning whole family services, three youth retreats, three weeks of summer camp, which was of course a senior high, junior high, and kids camp, a children's ministry podcast interview, a men's Bible study, men's addiction recovery chapels, uh, two winter family camp services, a Christian school student body chapel, two Christmas Eve whole family services, a summer camp vision casting presentation, and an Easter season drama and preaching production. Expressions of the body of Christ I ministered to included the Hope All Network of Churches, United Methodist, Independent, Independent Pentecostal, Baptist, Assembly of God, Chinese, the Evangelical Free Church, and for the first time the, Gen- the Baptist General Assembly of Virginia, which is the oldest Baptist group in Virginia, the U.S., and the entire world. A train and stain display. Earlier this month, I went to a nearby Lutheran church, this month meaning December, last December, for their annual Christmas bazaar. This event has been a Christmas tradition Kim and I look forward to every year. Regrettably, Kim wasn't able to join me this year as she was preparing to head out of town for the day with me to support, via our attendance, a ministry event in Reading, Pennsylvania. And each year, one of our top priorities upon our arrival to this bazaar is to purchase a box of homemade raspberry slash pistachio cookie bars. Yes, we know, they are surely off the charts for sugar content. But this is only once a year. How happy I was to discover when I scooted down to the basement where the baked goods are sold that there was one more box of these sweet delights left. Of course, I dove at it. Another delight to me personally this year, being the founder of our caboose ministry, was to see St. Mark's had included a train display, which heretofore I had never seen. Sadly, the train operator had not yet arrived, so the trains weren't running, but it was still a delight to behold his setup. Give me sanctuary. Down through history, fugitives and refugees who were being hunted down would often flee to a temple or church or other religious edifice for protection, for sanctuary. More than once a biblical figure would hold the horns of the altar, hoping this would spare their life from their pursuer. Several cities of refuge were also sanctioned by the Lord for this purpose in Israel. In a very real way, St. Mark's Lutheran uh, Church offers a very similar solace for those who wish to escape, if only for a few moments, the non-stop bustle and frenzy of the world and all it entails. Upon my arrival to the church bazaar that day, I was soon welcomed by one of its elders to visit their sanctuary, to spend some quiet moments in its serene environment. He said there was, there was some beautiful Christmas music playing by the Chanticleer Choir. Well, after making my pistachio purchase and visiting some friends I saw in the church basement, I took him up on his offer. I recollect doing so a few years ago as well. 
And, just as he said, when I did enter the sanctuary, I did sense some peace by its beauty and serene surroundings and environment. In just a few moments, I was humbling myself before the Lord, confessing to him my many sins and weaknesses once again. And once again, I was entreating him for his forgiveness for them and grace to overcome them. I also entreated him not to allow me to waste one moment of whatever life I have remaining, but to use every second for him, his glory, and his gospel. The longer I live and the older I get, the more deeply this desire burns within me as I approach the threshold of eternity. While blazing in front of me on the front wall was a massive stained glass window behind a cross which was suspended from the ceiling. Daylight piercing through the mosaic of colors seemingly brought them to life. White light versus colored. Those close to Kim and me know that as far as Christmas tree lights and decorations go, Kim prefers all white lights and I delight in multicolored. And hence in the light of this, every year we set up two Christmas trees. Well, given my multicolored proclivities, to sit before this massive stained glass window with its panorama of colors, with the early morning daylight streaming through them, I felt as if it was an early Christmas present just for me. I spent several minutes just staring at the panoply of hues. I began to associate each color with a different aspect of our Lord Jesus. Red, of course reminiscent of his precious blood. Olive, his skin color being Jewish, as far as his humanity is concerned. Yellow, his resplendent glory. Gray, the color of the stone-cold tomb he was laid in. Brown, the wood of his cross. Also, I was reminded, from dust you came, and to dust you shall return, as far as the dirt, uh, the, the dust of the earth. Genesis 3.19 Blue, his royalty. Aqua, the earth shall be covered with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. Habakkuk 2.14 Orange, my favorite color, but I really didn't come up with one for this. Early morning sun and his resurrection? Luther to appear at St. Mark's Lutheran? I probably sat and stared in the sanctuary for about 25 minutes. When I got up to leave, I noticed a woman sitting a few pews back from me, whom I immediately recognized. We had attended the same church many years ago upon our arrival in Delaware. She was sitting on the pew with her head down and eyes closed. I didn't want to interrupt her, but given it is typically years, and at times many years between us running into each other, I leaned over to her and said her name. She looked up, smiled, and immediately got up to leave the sanctuary so she could talk to me. I apologized again for interrupting her moment of solitude. She did not seem to mind at all, but was happy to see me. Upon our exit from the sanctuary, right outside the door, was the elder who had originally invited me to spend time in the sanctuary. She introduced me to him and laid her hand on my shoulder and told him I was a powerhouse. That was so kind of hum- kind and humbling of her to do so, yet, yet the very ironic thing about all of this was just moments before, as I said earlier, repenting to the Lord for my many sins and weaknesses. I had the whim, given this was a Lutheran church, to offer to this elder my services. That is, I told him that I have portrayed Martin Luther out of my time machine for many years, actually since 2007. To be honest, I had purposed before entering the sanctuary not to do so, though the idea had come to me at that time. I kind of took this unexpected encounter with his sister and friend, who happens to attend the church, as a go-for-it incentive to do so. The elders seemed interested and even suggested an idea of how this event might could happen. I gave him my card and left the potential opportunity with the Lord. His will and timing be done.
The night I was a closet Christian. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through God's house, this preacher was stirring on the floor like a mouse. To wit, this past November, I was invited to preach the two Christmas Eve services at a dear friend's church in Pennsylvania. I was asked to expound about Christ's kingship. I was given 20 minutes to do so, and understandably so. Why? Christmas Eve was on a Sunday that year, and God's people will have already been in church that morning. Also, the age groups in attendance for the Christmas Eve services would be three years old up to senior citizens. And again, there were two Christmas Eve services, not just one. I had never studied nor preached about Christ's kingship, and I've been preaching since 1986. I have preached about God and Christ's sovereignty for decades, but never specifically about his kingship. In the two weeks I spent in preparation, I soon discovered what an amazing theological rabbit hole Jesus' kingship was. Preparation was very slow, yet it was as agonizingly glorious. How so? I kept getting stuck in some Old Testament messianic uh, prophecies. I was stuck in adoration. Tears would come to my eyes. I never knew how rich these texts were. I felt at times as if I was a Jew who lived millennia ago anxiously awaiting the first coming of the Messiah. As the time for the services approached, despite having had prepared for two straight weeks, I could not believe how unprepared I was. Again, I was only sharing for 20 minutes. Down the chimney flew? To further complicate the matter, Kim became quite ill during the time leading up to Christmas Eve. I felt fine. I was working out almost every day, too. I would continue to prepare for the services and also care for Kim. Christmas Eve morning came and I felt like I had contracted a slight cold. Despite that, I packed and loaded up the truck and headed to the church in PA. Very regrettably for both of us, Kim was not feeling well enough to go. I was becoming increasingly tired en route to the church, so I stopped on the PA turnpike and got a small coffee. When I arrived at the church, I began setting up as quickly as I could. I began to feel quite warm, so much so I just wore my red t-shirt, it was a caboose t-shirt, and an Under Armour vest until the time neared for me to preach. It seemed apparent that Kim and I both got the flu for Christmas. Some of my friends at the church had told me that many people in their congregation were sick as well. After the first service began, I went into a parents with small children room, which was equipped with a large TV that was not being used that night. It had a nice couch on it, and I laid down on it as long as I could, trying at the same time to review my notes. When it was nearing the sermon time in the service, I put on my dress shirt and sweater vest and microphone headset and went into the service. Our Lord graciously enabled me to proclaim him. I had asked him earlier to give me strength, to give me his strength, as I wasn't there to talk about myself, but him. And he did. Now back to this preacher being a closet Christian, Christian as mentioned above. When I finished preaching the first service, I went out of the sanctuary and sought a cool, dark place of solitude. I went to the rear of the church to hopefully lay down on a stage in the children's chapel, but it was locked. So I sat in a chair in the rear office lobby. Some of God's people exiting the building saw me and prayed for me. I wanted so much to go outside into the cool air, but feared I would get locked out of the building. I eventually did go and re-entered the building near the front of the complex close to the sanctuary. I desperately felt the need to lay down on a cool floor. I went into a dark room that looked like a storage room, cluttered with everything imaginable, hence a closet, if you will. 
I was later told it was an office not yet set up and, and organized by its occupant. I laid on the floor in the dark in my church clothes and once again entreated the Lord for his help, strength, and grace. When it was time to preach again, I felt much less tense at ease and anointed. Of the almost six pages of typed notes, I perhaps covered three of them? It was worth it. God's people were blessed and fed and, I hope, had their thoughts more deeply fixed on the Christ child, the son of David, the messianic king to come, yet a second time. As the world becomes increasingly darker with each passing day, it is Kim and mine's sincere prayer that Jesus draws us all into closer fellowship with him in 2024. Sincerely, Michael. And the quote for Caboose Commentary Corner uh, for this month, quote, you can tell how strong your faith is by how easily and readily you forgive, unquote. This came to me uh, December 18th of 2023, based on Luke chapter 17, verses 3 through 5. Thanks for listening. I hope it blessed and informed.